my goal, my goal is to make every woman be able to understand their money, understand what they need to do to be on track so that if they do want to leave their marriage, if they do want to launch a business, leave their corporate job, whatever that is, that they can live that best life because we deserve it. We deserve it. We really do. Hey, midlifers. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. I hope you're enjoying your holiday season wherever you are in the world and however you celebrate. A lot of us might be celebrating the holiday season by spending money on gifts, myself included. (laughs) Maybe a little too much. Anyways, today's episode will fit in nicely since it's all about money, honey. Money can be one of those touchy subjects to discuss, much like politics or religion, but it doesn't need to be. Money is obviously a part of our lives, and it's something that we need to feel comfortable discussing, not just here on the show, but in our relationships, most importantly, with our spouses. And if you're going through a divorce, then you're soon to be ex-spouse. The more you lean into learning about money, the more confident and comfortable you will be. Gaining knowledge and wisdom about your finances will help put your mind at ease about your future. Since most of us here are in the second half of our lives, it's imperative that we prepare our finances so we can enjoy the second half to the fullest. And you guys know that's what I'm all about. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with our guest today, and I love the mission of her company, which is our mission is to improve the lives of our clients through financial and personal empowerment. I love that. We guarantee to do everything in our power to make sure you're financially secure and on track, and we promise to be with you every step of the way. What an awesome mission. I really think that is great. Before we dive in, make sure you sign up for the Midlife News at themidlifenews.com to receive insider alerts on new episodes, live shows, free workshops, and special offers. As a bonus, you'll receive your free Midlife Makeover Toolkit and a $50 coupon to the Midlife Makeover Method online course. 
Okay, and now let me introduce you to Stacy. She is the president and CEO of Francis Financial, a fee-only boutique wealth management, financial planning, and divorce financial planning firm dedicated to providing ongoing comprehensive advice for successful individuals, couples, and women in transition, such as divorce or widowhood. She is a certified financial planner, certified divorce financial analyst, and certified estate and trust specialist with over 20 years of experience in the financial industry. Stacy is also the founder of the nonprofit Savvy Ladies, host of the Financially Ever After podcast, and the author of the white paper, Unveiling the Unspoken Truth, the Financial Challenges Women Face During and After Divorce and Financial Help for Widows, a complete resource guide. Wow, what an amazing woman. Okay, here we go. Here is Stacy Francis. Stacy Francis, thank you so much for being on the Midlife Makeover Show. Tell everyone a little bit about what you do and most importantly, why you do what you do. Oh, thank you, Wendy. I am overjoyed to be here. Um, I am a person who essentially takes everybody's dreams and goals and I make them happen, um, but from the purposes of the financial end. So um, what it what it costs to retire, what it costs to travel the world, what it costs to put your kids through college. Um, it's something that I love so much. And um, you know, my, my specialty is working with women. And the reason why I'm so dedicated to that is I grew up seeing um, how women can be really rendered powerless mm -hmm. if they don't have agency or, or real empowerment around the money. Um, my grandmother, one of the most dear people to me in my life, um, had a really awful marriage and there was emotional abuse, there was financial abuse, and unfortunately, physical abuse. And, you know, I, I never understood why she didn't leave. And we finally had that, you know, that conversation and she shared that she felt, she felt financially trapped and wow, Wendy, what, yep. what a aha moment at a really young age for me as a woman to realize that finances are not a nice to know They're they're actually a must. And particularly in my, my grandmother's case, you know, it, it can be life or death and it yep. really is is important for for all women whether you're in a healthy marriage or you're not in a healthy marriage um, every woman needs to know about about money i think that is so awesome and i i was telling you before i hit record i was i was so excited about this topic because number one for myself and my own experience that i went through and i can relate in the sense of i ended up not divorcing for a while because of the financial piece. Yeah. Wendy, and you're not, you're not alone. And, yeah. and it's not that, you know, some, a lot of people make judgments of, oh, she's only staying for the money. Yes. But for, for many individuals, mm -hmm. it can be as frightening right. to be out there and not have that financial security. And for my grandmother, you know, she ended up passing away because of the abuse. Oh. So, you know, for, 
that 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 hold of worrying about am I going to be okay financially right. is real, especially when you have children, yes. because you don't want to have your unhappiness unfortunately right. affect your children. So, yeah, it's something that I hear quite quite frequently, and my my goal. My goal is to make every woman be able to understand their money, understand what they need to do to be on track so that if they do want to leave their marriage, if they do want to launch a business, mm-hmm. leave their corporate job, whatever that is, right, that they can live that best life because we deserve it. We deserve yeah. it. We really do. You're, you're exactly right. And I, I hear just from the comments that I get and messages that I receive either on social media or from the podcast, or unfortunately, there are a lot of people going through divorce or wanting to divorce. And the financial piece, I think, is huge. It's like this block, yeah. this mound that sometimes, again, I think people will end up like, I'll just stay here, even though they're miserable. And because it's too much to even have to tackle. And I mean, I'll, you know, using myself, for example, I finally was like, all right. And I've always been a very, you know, independent woman. I, you know, was a single mom for years and years and years. I think there was a part of me, you know, and I, I think when you tackle the financial piece of it, you do have to really get underneath, right? I'm sure, as you know, too, and working with clients, there's probably something underneath that financial piece of uh, some type of fear or limiting belief of, okay, can I actually do this? Can I actually yeah. tackle this? And, and, and I think too, I know I'm probably bounced around, but I think too, that even when, not to say you can't rely per se, but you should probably always have a plan B just in case. If that money that you're relying or expecting doesn't come through, right? Yeah, yeah. It you know, uh, it's always great to have a plan B because yeah. plan A doesn't always always happen. And you know, it's it's understandable for for most of us. We weren't raised talking about money or learning about money. Um, it's very rare that you find and, and meet a woman where, you know, they, they remember sitting around the dining room table having conversations with their mom and dad about uh, investing and financial planning and taxes. Um, there are people out there and bless how, how, how lucky and fortunate you are, but that's definitely not the case. And Wendy, the reason why a lot of us, uh, you know, I have to say, have to build our money confidence muscle, I'll call it, is because we just haven't had as much experience. And I I always liken it to the first time you got behind the wheel of a car Mm -hmm. to drive and how uncomfortable that felt and most likely very nerve wracking. Um, But but now you jump behind the wheel of a car and it's just very natural and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's because you've had years of experience. And I have to say, it's the same thing with investing in the stock market. It's the same thing with uh, finances and planning for your future. The more you lean into it and the more you learn, um, Mm -hmm. the much more comfortable and confident you're going to be. And actually, to be honest, make make better better financial decisions. And, right. you know, all the women that we work with, um, they are on their own. Their mm-hmm. husband has either passed away or mm-hmm. they've gone through a divorce and eight out of 10 women at some point in their life, we are going to be on our own, making our own financial decisions without a partner. Yes. And those odds, 80% odds of, of 
having to essentially be that sole financial decision maker, make it imperative of, you know, we need to learn this stuff. We need to learn right. this stuff. And, and like I said, with my grandmother, it's not a, a nice to know. It really is a, a, a need to know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And at what point do you feel that it's the best time to reach out to somebody like you for help? Great question. Um, you know, so we, we are a little unique in that um, we're certified financial advisors. So we, we do your, your typical uh, work with someone where we create that financial plan, that roadmap out to age 95. And it's essentially a crystal ball into your financial future and gives you a recipe of every year what we need to be doing and what we need to achieve. And then we map that onto an investment portfolio to make sure that portfolio is creating the income and the, the growth that you need. Um, but the other superpower we have is uh, actually as certified divorce financial analysts. Mm. And in that role, we work with women who are thinking about and going through divorce. And we're the experts that come in and will advise based on all the financials of the marriage right. and the income. Mm -hmm. What is the settlement? that's going to allow you mm -hmm. to live financially secure long-term and taking into account the tax impact of this asset over that asset, right. taking into account the, the risk that you might have in a hedge fund versus a checking account, um, taking into account what you're expected to earn mm -hmm. versus, you know, what you might receive and or pay in child support or spouse support. Right. And then of course, looking at real estate of, can you afford to stay in the primary home? Mm -hmm. Or is that going to put you behind financially? So, yeah. you know, taking a look at everything together to structure a settlement that works for you. And the best time, um, quite frankly, is when you're just thinking about a divorce. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because the more knowledge that you have, yes, the more confident you're going to feel about that decision of whether or not you need to move on from this relationship. And so we meet with a lot of women who we never talk to again because they've decided for whatever reason, let's try couples therapy again, or now's the not, not necessarily the right time. I'm not comfortable mm -hmm. starting to, to do a, have a divorce action. Um, and then there are others that decide that, you know what, now is the right time. But I think it's really powerful to know that meeting with a certified divorce financial analyst um, and a divorce lawyer, because that's the other person you should talk to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're going to get divorced. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to get divorced. It's not like a, a steam train that gets going that takes, you know, a long time to stop. You can stop at any point. And like I said, putting together a team and the more knowledge you have, the better, the better off you're going to be, whether you stay in your marriage or you don't. Right. It's true. And like you said, too, I mean, unfortunately, at one point you might end up being a widow and then you're <laughs> without your partner anyways. And that can yeah. happen at any moment. So it's always better to, to have some knowledge of what's, you know, what's happening. Where's the money? Where's the money coming from and going? And and that's that's so important, I think, to get that education. I didn't even know a certified financial divorce. Uh, what, what is it? Um, yeah, a certified divorce existed. financial analyst. Yeah. I always I always joke. Um, so my husband and I are celebrating our 
20th anniversary in two weeks. And I always joke, that's why our marriage is so happy because he's a little bit of afraid of me and that there's nothing wrong with that. I just kind of joke, but um, yeah, it's kind of funny because here's our bed stand and, you know, we had to tell our, our, um, our nanny when our kids were young and she just started working with us because on the bedside, there's normally some type of book of like how to divorce your husband and yes. make sure that you're financially secure and, you know, unraveling complex divorce, at, divorce uh, assets during divorce. Always, you know, some type of book on my, my you know, bedside table and had to explain to her like, no, we're really, really happy. It's just, this is, this is my job. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, I absolutely adore, I adore my job because it's, it's like Sherlock Holmes of like, here are all the characteristics and all the facts and all the different assets with each of their DNAs of risk and taxes. And, you know, being able to put that puzzle together to work is right. sometimes it is very challenging. Yeah. Um, but it, boy, it's so satisfying to know, like, you're, you're going to be okay financially. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. And I love what you said about, you know, learning what you need to learn will give you that confidence that you need because yeah. going through divorce is, it's never going to be easy. I mean, it, I actually had a good divorce and someone said on the, uh, the other day, they're like, there's no such thing as that. I was like, actually, it was a good divorce. It was like, okay, this is what we got to do. Let's get this stuff done. But, 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 but. It was a good divorce. And I think it's so, like, it, but either way, it still is something emotionally stressful. You kind of, you know, you'll shift into a little bit of like a fight or flight mode. And so if you have that huge chunk, that huge piece of the financial piece, feeling a little bit more like, okay, I got yeah. this and just feeling good about yourself. I think that would probably make a huge difference with everything else. Yeah, it, it yeah. makes a huge difference. And I will say it over and over again, Wendy, the individuals who do best through a divorce financially are those that have a better understanding of the finances. Right. And so the person who is not in the driver's seat of the finances, unfortunately, is behind the eight ball and you have a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. Now, of course, you can get around that. You can hire a professional. You can hire someone like me. But um, again, that person who has their thumb on the pulse of the financials of the marriage, and when I say pulse, I mean they understand the expenses, they understand the assets, they are able to negotiate and they know what to ask for. Yes. And they know what they can afford and can't afford uh, going forward. And um, I will tell you that, to, to be honest, you know, the majority of our clients are, are not the person who mm -hmm. really has their the pulse fully, mm -hmm. and uh, we have a we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of yeah. work to do, and also, the if if anything makes you want to be on top of your finances, those individuals who don't really know where what the finances are, their divorces are more expensive. Yeah, and they're yeah. more expensive because we have to rely on the other partner for all the financial information. Yep. And if they're not nice mm -hmm. or they're a jerk or a couple other words that I can't say on air, but everybody <laughs> and, out there, just imagine some bad words out there with the capital letters, um, then you have an even more expensive divorce because you have to subpoena different financial institutions such as Citibank, Chase, and hope to God that yeah. they might have something there that they can 
you know, release it and turn it on over, or you have to hire a forensic to go through and, mm-hmm. and trace things. Which is that's more just, money. That's and not it, fun. And it drags on. I know. I, I'm working Ugh. with a client right now and I, um, we helped her through her divorce. And unfortunately we ended up joining at the very end. And she had already spent $800,000. Oh, God. Oh, that's awful. I updated her financial plan, and she is going to be okay financially. Wow. But because of the legal bills, she has to go back to work. She has to work to age 75, Mm. and we have to reduce her expenses by $35,000 a year. So, yes, we can make it work. Yeah. And we have to... We have to manage the heck out of our portfolio for it to be a, a freaking high growth portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. But had we had, I mean, maybe the divorce would would, would have, let's say a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. We would have had seven hundred thousand dollars that we could have added to her portfolio. Mm-hmm. And the reason why her divorce was so expensive is that she was married to a Jack Blank, fill in the blank, <laughs> and she had to fight for every piece of financial information. And to be honest, we don't know if we even have everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the key is, is, is being proactive. It's being, the, it's being right? proactive. And, and if you're listening to this and you're married and mm-hmm. you have a happy marriage or, or, you know, maybe working on for a happy marriage, one of the fundamentals of a healthy relationship mm-hmm. is being on the same page financially. Yeah. And so make that investment to have financial date nights once a month. Mm-hmm. And I, w- my husband and I still do this. In fact, we did this last night and I opened up um, a bottle of Velve Clicquot and <laughs> I was like, name. I know. And so we had, although I have to say, I noticed, I was like, you know what? I only had one and a half glasses and you had the rest. Yeah. And for him, like I'm the financial comfortable person. Love to talk about this. Even though he's been married to me for 20 years, not so much. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. You typically drink more during these sessions than I do. But, um, you know, we went through, we went through all the the finances of what things look like. And for us, we're just moving back into our apartment. We had to renovate the whole thing because um, we had a, a, a leak and it really devastated the whole apartment. And so we were going over the finances of the final bills for the renovation and what the cost for moving back in and, and all of that. And, you know, what did that look like with regards to, could we take a vacation still later right. this year? And it just, I left that meeting feeling so much more comfortable because mm-hmm. we were able to see, okay, this is what we have in cash. This is, this is what the expenses are. This is what it's going to look like if we go on vacation. And we were able to make that, those decisions so that you're like, you know what, we're going to be okay. And we can yeah. do this. We could go on vacation. It's not going to be our normal vacation. It's going to be a little less expensive, but we can still do it. And, you know, that was just one meeting. We've had many, you know, we had ones about, you know, for him, does he change his job? You know, we, we right. talked about that a, a year ago and, and decided to, you know, have him take the leap and do that. You know, I, it's, it's one of the most wonderful things you can do of like understanding your finances, but also investing in a relationship. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I was even thinking, you know, going back to you and someone hires you, it's they're investing in you, but they're really investing in themselves and they're investing in their future. Right. Because if you, it is, I think making yourself, and I'm just thinking about myself here, (laughs) not in a selfish way, but I think about 
you know, when you're going through the divorce and imagining yourself after the divorce and where your life is going and it's a whole new, you know, it's a whole new life, you have to make yourself a priority. And I think it's investing in something like this where it's like, okay, like I've got to look, it's no longer, okay, me and my partner, it's me. I, yeah. I've got to look at, I'm redesigning a new future. And just like you said in the very beginning about dreams, you're a dream catcher and it's, it's all part of it. It's, it's not even just the divorce. It is making a new life for yourself. So I, I don't, I think, um, from what I can tell people that, you know, reach out to me, it's like, they're in the midst of the divorce, but they're just looking like, right. Which is great to be present, of yeah. course, but it's like, you've got to look a little bit further out yeah. like what you're, you're the steps you're taking right now are going to affect your future. Yeah. Wendy, yeah. I'm, I'm so appreciative that you brought that up because it's one of the biggest pitfalls we see in divorce. Uh, I wrote a, a book called Unveiling the Unspoken Truth, which I'll um, give a link to you so everybody can have that in the show notes. And we interviewed 150 women who had gone through the divorce process. And we asked them 100 questions. One of them was, what advice would you give to your best friend going through divorce? What did you do right? Um, what did you do wrong? The biggest piece women said that they did, um, they wish they had done better or, or thought differently about was looking to the future. Mm -hmm. For some individuals, at least the majority of our clients, um, divorce is a very, very painful and uncomfortable experience. It's almost like that feeling of when you have a bee sting and you just want it to, you just want it to stop. You want the stinging to stop. And, and sometimes what ends up happening is that we will agree to a settlement just to be able to move on for self-preservation. And the women that we interviewed shared that there were three things that they wish they had done. Number one, that they had gotten a therapist mm -hmm. or a divorce coach to help them stay the course to be right. able to weather that pain, that uncomfortable place, number one. Number two, they wish they had a financial person to be their advocate, yep. to guide them and point out the puddles before they stepped in them. Mm -hmm. And three, most important, they wished that they had looked to the future mm -hmm. about themselves and taking care of themselves. And so what I say to everyone listening, whether you're going through a divorce, whether you've, you're on your own because you've lost a spouse or you're happily married, I want you to picture yourself 30 years from now, what you look like mm -hmm. and how you feel. Do you love her? Do you mm -hmm. want to take care of her? Yeah. Yes, yes, and yes. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? We do that by the decisions that we make right. today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was so appreciative of so many women just being authentic about what they wished they knew, what they wish they had done better, because it really helps other women know that number one, you're not, you're not in this alone. Mm -hmm. um, but number two, that there is great support out there. Yes. And I will tell you, almost every woman who we interviewed said that she felt much more financially confident mm -hmm. and she was much happier Yeah. post-divorce. And that, 
is just a really important message for women to hear, especially if they're 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 really going through this journey right now. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Thank you so much for saying all that. I feel like it. You almost need a team to get yeah. the divorce. And and friends yeah. are great. Trust me. Like I I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have my best friend and my aunt to help. You know, but same time, our friends most likely are not going to be financial advisors. They're not going to be therapists. Like you need to have someone that is neutral in the situation. They're mm-hmm. not, they don't yeah. know your spouse. They don't, they yeah. don't have a personal relationship with you. So I think that's really key. And gosh, I wish I'd had you two years ago. <laughs> I think I did pretty good, but, um, because I was like, so determined Plus I am a widow as well because my first divorce, yeah, he had passed away. So I've been through it twice and I remember the second time around going, all right, I have got to get through this. And no matter what I have to do, I knew that being on the other side, I was trying to imagine Wendy on the other side of it. What Mm -hmm. would she look like? Like you were saying, what would she look like and feel like? What are her daily habits? And I had to, before I even started, I stepped into that woman at that moment, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think sometimes we're like, I'll wait till see what that's like when like, no, you start with those behaviors now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I mean, I'll admit like it was tough for me just, you know, having to completely do a different career, move across the country. Uh, like I had a mound of that huge that I had to just keep chiseling away at Mm -hmm. and, but I did it. And I think that's, that's also something too, for anyone else out there listening. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, yes, it can be scary, but once you do it, the reward of that feeling of having done it is you can't put a price tag on that. And I, yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't. And I, I'll just share a personal story. So I, I was the girl in math class that never raised her hand. I sat in the back of the, de- you know, back of the the classroom. Um, I didn't think I was good with numbers, and I ended up going into this field not because I, I really wanted to. It's because I felt like I had to, or else the same thing that happened to my grandmother could happen to me. And so I started taking classes in financial planning. And I have to tell you, Wendy. I was really shocked. Number one, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Number two, I realized I was really good with numbers, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to money. I have no problem counting money. And, you know, number three, how fascinating and how interesting this whole field is. And yeah. I, I get really upset because mm-hmm. when people think about investing, when people think about financial planning, they think about those shows that they see on TV where they're talking about stocks and yeah, buy and sell. And, <laughs> you know, Jim Cramer is one of them. Bless him. He's, you know, he's a great guy. But like you watch that show and yeah. there, there's like animal noises and red shooting <laughs> across. And I'm about to have an anxiety attack just watching the show. Yeah. And, That's not what investing is all about. And study after study has shown that women are actually better investors than men. And the reason is threefold. Number one, we tend to do our research, take our time before we actually deploy our money in the market. We really look and, and research 
where it should be invested. Number two, we're much more likely to get that money working for ourselves and let it ride. And so that we're not market timing. We're not trying to outsmart the market and buy and sell, which studies have shown those market timers, they may think they're really cool. They actually (laughs) under, they actually underperform you. They underperform you. And number three, as a percentage of how much we make, we save more money. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, because we make less money in general, the actual dollars we're saving is typically less than our male counterparts, but mm-hmm. the percentage we're saving is typically higher than uh, what our male counterparts. So those three things leads us to number one, typically have much better investment returns. And we tend to not make as many investment mistakes, such as pulling out of the market after the market has just tanked and putting money back in the market when it's had a really, really We're a little bit more patient. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what too, I I think also, I had read this somewhere or heard it on a podcast or something like that, that women are naturally more intuitive. So I think that we probably have a better feeling about, let me invest in this. This is, you know, um, so I think that is, that's important as well. But I think too, and I'm sure it's like, you probably end up becoming a financial advisor slash therapist slash cheerleader slash coach, right? Because yeah, it's just to say, I think a lot of it is reminding women you really are strong and you really are intelligent. And of course you can do this. Even if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're raising the kids and you were driving to soccer practice every day and all, all that, you're so much more and you can you can do more than you could possibly fathom. Yeah. I, yeah. I and there, there are some yeah. great, great resources for you. Um, if you go to www.francisfinancial.com, there are fantastic resources of every topic you can imagine also on the website. So you can go there. And then the other thing I wanted to tell you about, so I launched my firm, uh, actually, it'll be now 20 years. Um, But the year before, when I was 26, I launched a beautiful charity called Savvy Ladies. And this is in honor of my grandmother and really, um, you know, making sure that her memory is there and that she's never forgotten. And I am sharing this resource for everyone there because you may not be ready to work with a financial advisor, Mm -hmm. but Savvy Ladies is a, a nonprofit and we have hundreds of TED Talk-like videos on the website of any financial topic you can imagine. It's mm-hmm. all free of charge. And we also have the only helpline in the country where you can work one-on-one with a certified financial planner, a certified divorce financial analyst, uh, a, a CPA, an accountant, whoever you need to help you get your answers to your specific questions about your life. And again, it's all free of charge. And we've already made oh, so 1,200 matches yet so far this year oh, between women and advisors. And we also, this is really important. We don't income test. So whether you have a dollar in your pocket or you don't have a dollar in your pocket, my grandmother was mm-hmm. not, you know, she was middle-class, but she mm-hmm. was not low income. She would not have qualified for a lot of the programs out there. And so that's why in particular under Savvy Ladies, we don't ask, we don't care. We are going to give you that help and that support wherever you are. Because if you have a question about finances, mm-hmm. we want to be there to help answer it. So 
I'm so uh, glad you said that. I love that whole program because I think there's also, I mean, there are a lot of programs out there. Unless you have X amount of dollars, then we're not going to talk to you. Everybody needs help. I mean, especially the ones that might have not as much are going to need even more help in order yeah. to be able to take care of themselves after the divorce. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's heartbreaking because the the population of individuals uh, largest population of individuals who be- live below the poverty line above age 65 are divorced women. Mm. And we see that women face many headwinds after a divorce mm-hmm. and many times never really fully recover from that divorce. Um, a lot of times our male counterparts uh, have a much, uh, a, a much quicker recovery. Yeah, and it it really can put a woman financially behind, and also the second group of individuals who are living in poverty uh, right after divorce. Women are are women who are widowed, mm-hmm. and so you know for for both of these groups, it's really important and key to understand where your financial position is because most individuals most individuals don't start in poverty after a divorce or start in poverty after losing their husband. It usually happens over time. And then all of a sudden realize that I don't have assets. Right. Um, that's not always case. Mm-hmm. There are some women who walk away from their divorce with nothing right. or just a lot of debt, or they walk mm-hmm. away from yeah. a marriage after losing a spouse and there hasn't been any type of life insurance mm-hmm. for those women you know where you are and you know you need to build. But for those women who actually have assets, it can be just as dangerous if you don't understand what a sustainable cash flow is, what what you can truly take out of your portfolio Mm -hmm. without risk risking running through it. And I do want to make sure that I share a sustainable withdrawal rate from your portfolio is anywhere from like three to 4%. So if you have a million dollar portfolio, which is a really nice portfolio, mm-hmm. it means that you can take out 30 to $40,000 a year without risking running through it over a 30 year time period. Nice. When you think about that, a million dollar portfolio, that's a lot of money and mm-hmm. you can only take out 30 to $40,000 a year. Mm-hmm. It does put it in perspective of, okay, maybe I need to save more. Right. Maybe I need to find some additional income sources. Of course, there's social security, but but maybe I need to, uh, you know, relaunch into the job force, maybe uh, do something in the gig economy, right. um, you know, do a side hustle or something to make sure that you have the income you need to live a long life. And for those of us that think that, you know, once I retire, my expenses are going to go down. Mm-hmm. Wendy, that is not the case, especially yeah. in our first, the first 10 years of retirement. Mm-hmm. Our expenses usually go up mm-hmm. because we're traveling, yeah. we're eating out, we're enjoying friends, we're enjoying family. And I actually see towards the end of retirement, mm-hmm. those expenses come down, but the expenses that take their place are medical Mm-hmm. Yes. Expenses that go up. So when you're planning a retirement, assume that you're going to be spending as much money mm-hmm. as you are today, because right. most likely 
you're going to be. You're mm-hmm. going to be. Um, because I've seen far too many individuals saying, you know what, I won't have the the clothes, the the suits that I have to buy for work or I don't have to commute. But there are other pieces that yeah. end up taking up those dollars. Yeah, that's so true. And I was just thinking, considering this is midlife makeover, so many people are making over their lives for whatever reason. A lot of times you need a money makeover. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. that is yeah. a huge piece of being able to make over your midlife and beyond. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, I, I liken it to jumping on the scale after vacation. I know. I went on a really nice vacation to Valencia, Spain with great food and Paris. I'm going there. Oh my gosh. I'm going there for my birthday. Oh my gosh. It was so wonderful. And I jumped on the scale and I was kind of like, you know, kind of looking and (laughs) knock on wood, I only gained three pounds, which I consider an unbelievable success. Yeah. It's the same thing with your money. At least once a year, you need to do a full look at what am I really spending? What am yeah. I really spending? And the, the great news, Wendy, is that today it's easier than it used mm-hmm. to be. My yeah. grandma used to have envelopes and you know <laughs> tracking and writing down, not so easy. But now you have uh, personal capital is a great resource, mint.com. They, mm-hmm. You can actually put in your credit card, you can put in your checking account and it aggregates all your spending and you can mm-hmm. categorize it. So it saves you hours and hours and hours oh, and nice. look at at least three months of its spending to see what am I really, really spending? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, for most of us during COVID, our expenses went down dramatically. In fact, it was really interesting because the United States had the highest savings rate in history that we've ever seen during COVID. COVID. So that was one of the bright spots. Right. But what's really interesting, Wendy, is that we have just gone back to our normal spending (laughs) ways. (laughs) Exactly. COVID is over. In fact, um, there was an interview with one of the airline CEOs, and he said that we've never seen as many individuals upgrade from coach to business class Uh. in history. We're spending more. We just went right back to our normal spending. And uh, the reason why I say this, not to make anyone feel bad, because yeah, I am yeah. guilty of this, right? I'm guilty of this too. But take the temperature of really seeing where your expenses are and see, is it sustainable? You know, mm. can my expenses, are my expenses covered by all my income? Mm-hmm. And the ideal of how much you should be saving in those pre-retirement years, this is a big number and I'm, I'm glad you're sitting down and I hope everybody else is sitting down too. <laughs> Ideally, you should be putting away 15 to 20% of mm. your post-tax income each year. Mm. And that is a big number. That yeah. is a big number. Mm-hmm. It is. But start with, with whatever you can do. And right. every time that you get a raise, at work, or you give your raise and you have your own business, give your savings a raise too. Mm -hmm. And so that you can hopefully get to that 15 to 20% to put you on that right financial track. Um, Again, these are all just kind of rules of thumb, but it's helpful just to gauge of like, am I on track? Should I be doing a little bit more, a little bit more? And you know what too, um, I was thinking that 
one thing changed for me after the divorce is that I had to look at my own spending habits. And one of the greatest things that I did, I shared this with you. So I, you know, was full-time RVing for years. So I had paid off all my debt. And one of my dreams was to buy an RV and travel the country. So I did it. And then, but what's funny, like if, when you live in an RV, one of the, the rules is if you bring something in the RV, even if it's this big, something's got to go. But it made me really think about, well, not to mention decluttering and I got rid of everything. So the only thing I had was inside that little box on wheels and I loved it. I didn't miss a thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's so so interesting, right? Yeah. And I find myself now, my old ways, if I went to Whole Foods, I'm like, oh, look at that little candle. Like, oh, it's $20. Oh, and I need a candle. Although, well. Have a candle going, anyways. Um, but now I really think about the tiniest of things. Do yeah. I really, really need it? Do I really not yeah. even just taking up space in my place, but taking up space in my bank account? Do I really want to see that transaction? Like, do I really need it? So I think it's shifting that thinking of spending and yeah. do what yeah. what we really need, especially like moving into that second half of life. Instead of, you know, it's going back a little bit. I, when I used to sell homes and I would sell houses to people that were downsizing and, and I would always say to them, like, they would get so scared of having to get rid of all their into like a little two bedroom house. And like, you know, it's not funny. The first half of our life, we're working so hard to get a bunch of stuff. And in the second half, we're trying to get rid of it all. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't we just save the trouble and not get so much stuff? Stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the spending is uh, is definitely something that you have to really think about. Yeah, you're you're so right, and I'm I'm really happy you bring that up. And there's a great trick that um, we have our clients do is we have the number that we should save each year. So you know we figure out what that what that is based on their financial plan that they need to to be able to to retire and, and do all the things they want to do, and they actually pay themselves first. Mm-hmm. And so it immediately comes out of their paycheck before they can spend it. Mm-hmm. And so a portion of their paycheck goes into the checking account. Mm-hmm. And then that portion for savings either goes into their 401k. Um, if they don't have a 401k, maybe it's an IRA. If they don't have an IRA, you would tell them to open one. But that, but it, no matter mm-hmm. what, it goes into a different account other than that checking account. Yeah. And so it happens automatically. And then what's in the checking account is what you live on. Right. And it's so empowering just to know that you've got all of these automatic tools set up so that you're hitting your savings goals without actually thinking about it. And the other thing that's awesome is that it takes away any of the guilt of spending. I I know that, in fact, I bought myself um, a new pair of... uh, running shoes that are actually trail running shoes because I kept on sliding. I'm, I'm up here in Vermont right now and I've fallen like three or four times when I'm hiking up or down the mountain Mm because I just didn't have enough of the the grip. So finally I spent, and I I got them on sale, but it was still, Wendy, it was $120 for these freaking trail running shoes, (laughs) but I hit my savings goal. 
right? So I automatically am hitting my savings goals. So that guilt about buying something for me, I didn't have. Right. Have. That's true. And yeah. That's... It's really, it's really nice. Cause like you can spend your money however you want, as long as you're hitting your savings goals. Yeah. It's okay how you spend your money, right? Uh If you've got your emergency fund, which again should be ideally three to six months of your living expenses, you've got Mm -hmm. that to the side. Mm -hmm. You've got that retirement, you know, on on autopilot happening. Yeah. You know, then then you can do what you want with the rest. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, save first and spend second. (laughs) Yeah, save first, spend first. You know, and and it's truly, it's all about, you know, do I love her? Mm-hmm. my eight-year-old, my 85-year-old, my 95-year-old self yeah. as much as I love myself. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden it, it, it makes it much more doable. And then if you really need a motivation, then I always tell people, you know, do you want to be having to live with your kids when you're 80? Yeah, do you want exactly. them to have to be taking care of you? Uh-huh. Yeah. I love exactly. my kids. I love my kids. I really do. But they don't want me living with them. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't right? want. I don't want. <laughs> they really don't. They really don't. So. Oh my god! This is this is so good. I can't. I can't wait till this airs. Actually, <laughs> you're definitely changing lives. I know your grandma's so proud of you. Well, thank it. you. Yeah, yeah, and I I just have to say my you know it it is it is a really difficult story, but you know she would be the first person to say that you know what we're women we've got this we can yep. do it and yeah. um you know it's just so important not not only for for us that are listening as women we just we have to start talking about money yeah and yep. we're not used to doing that men are much more comfortable talking about investing in stocks and and things like that and i would say one of the coolest things that you could do that i would love for everyone to have homework here mm. is the next time that you're with a group of of girlfriends or family members is just to bring up how were you raised around money right what did that look like for you yeah and how do you think that shows up in your life now Mm-hmm. Can I tell you how rich and interesting that conversation is going to be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, and your relationship with money now and how what you really want it to be. Yeah, it's, um, and I, I feel it. like when we talk about it, all of a sudden, uh, we realize the way we think about money, we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Whether maybe we're, we feel shame mm-hmm. or maybe we feel embarrassed or maybe we feel like we don't know enough or maybe we feel like we totally got this whatever it is Mm -hmm. you know it's it's so nice to talk together about money and that's one of my missions is to get women talking about money and yes you know you can talk about stock prices but that's i i I mean and this is a financial advisor i think that's pretty damn boring (laughs) it's so much it's so much more interesting of just like understanding of like you know, how were you raised and what does that look like? What's your money DNA? What did you, you know, what did you learn from your parents or what did you not learn? It's so fascinating and it's so rich. And that's how we get to know ourselves, how we get to feel comfortable about running money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over time realize that, you know, we totally got this. We totally got this. You're so right. Love it. Um, Tell everyone where we can find you. Oh, of course. So, um, you can go to our website, www.francisfinancial.com. Um, you'll also see that I have our podcast there, Financially Ever After, for oh, women nice. going through divorce and after every financial topic. Um, and then you can also get the um, 
link. It's Unveiling the Unspoken Truth. That's the white book or the, the white paper I wrote about women going through divorce and all their fantastic advice. Um, but I also want to give the resource of Savvy Ladies. And it's SavvyLadies.org. Savvy is with two Vs because it's very, very good. Um, It's a great 501c3 nonprofit. So if you're not ready to talk to an advisor or you just need help with one piece, it's a fantastic resource. Again, it's free of charge and um, please do use it. Uh, We have, you know, hundreds of financial advisors that are some of the best in the country that are there to, to work free of charge. Nice. Thank you so much. And I'll put all that in the show notes for sure. Thank so, you. Thank you so much. And and then we need to talk about Valencia. <laughs> I know. Can I tell you, you have to have Agua de Valencia. Agua de oh, Valencia God, is the best alcoholic drink I think I've ever had in my life. I've heard about that. Oh my gosh. All right. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, The more you lean into it and the more you learn about money, the much more confident and comfortable you will be. Number two, eight out of 10 women at some point in their life will be on their own making financial decisions without a partner. Number three, the more knowledge you have, the more confident you're going to feel about whether or not you need to move on from the relationship. Number four, The individuals that do best through a divorce are those that have a better understanding of the finances. Number five, you should be putting away 15 to 20% of your post-tax income each year. Ooh, I need to get started on that. Okay. (laughs) Number six, do you love your 95-year-old self as much as you love yourself now? Make sure you take care of your older self. Number seven, check out SavvyLadies.com for tons of fabulous free resources. Thank you so much, Stacey, for being on the show. You are such a beautiful and inspiring woman. Everyone, make sure you check out her website at FrancisFinancial.com and her podcast at Financially Ever After. All the links are also in the show notes. Okay, midlifers, enjoy the rest of your week. Don't do too much damage Christmas shopping. (laughs) I think that comment was meant for myself. Anyways, get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, You can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.